0: Welcome to The Curious Sheep, the podcast for everything sheep. We'll ask questions, challenge ideas, learn from each other, and share the wonderful world of farming and all the fun that goes with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro at shepherding, just bought your first sheep, or live in the city and are curious about farming, I hope you can gain some knowledge for your own farm or a tidbit of farm info to share at your next dinner party. We are back after a bit of a break. I didn't get an episode done last week. It's been a bit crazy. I guess we'll blame it on. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Curious Sheep to who we are on the farm here and what we do and give you guys a little bit of an update. So I convinced Ryan to help me do some of the talking. Say hi, Ryan.
1: Hi, guys.
0: Coronavirus and having the kids home full time. Dealing with them all day doesn't really uh, get me in the mood for doing much chatting with anyone by the end of the day. But hopefully we'll get some more podcasts lined up for you in the next couple of weeks. But this week I thought we could do a little. Int-
1: Thanks to Charlie and Alvin, our sheep shears that do that for us.
0: Yeah, I need to get Charlie. I need to connect with Charlie. I got to do a podcast with him. So if you have any shearing questions, let me know. Charlie's I'll make the man. Sure.
1: He's, he's a yeah. good guy. He's, he's awesome. Full of information.
0: And yeah, that was it's always a super busy day. And usually we have my parents come help, but because of social distancing, they aren't able to come help us right now. And we've got the kids home, but thankfully they were super helpful all day. Even by the end of the day when we were cleaning up and sweeping up feet, I was. They're Amaze? still going out. amazed that they were still, they're still going.
1: pens of manure yeah. with their shovels.
0: Willingly forking out pens. I don't ever remember doing that willingly when I was It's probably I because of the little. job
1: that you had to do. This is yeah. a job by choice, not demand.
0: Yeah. And then what else? We
1: Well, Sunday was our day of rest.
0: Yeah. Oh, I guess that group, we, we hoof trimmed them. Usually we do The day hoof- before, yep. Yeah, usually we do hoof trimming when we, when we wean and kind of check udders and go over them. Uh, but this group kind of got missed, so it was a bit of a...
1: Well, you decided to take a break.
0: <laughs> An unwilling break. Like, I uh,
1: Next time, just say you don't want to work. Don't, like, go to the hospital <laughs> because of it.
0: No, one kind of kicked just at the right time and managed to nick me kind of just over the knuckle. And I got a nice little cut. Um, thankfully, I didn't need stitches, but quick trip to the hospital just to get some glue put on there. And I should be good to go. But yeah it's a lot easier to do those we're kind of out of sync with those usually we do them a lot sooner so there's some bigger hoops and stuff so thanks for finishing up the job for me
1: you're welcome dear yeah anything what? to make you happy
0: yeah that's right what else we finished lambing that last big gigantic you had her one regular no i guess it was a big lamb but she just had one lamb so yeah we're all done with lambing so we've got a bit of a break from that for the next month then
1: the rams are all happy right now. Oh, yeah, we did breeding groups too. Love is in the air in the barns right now.
0: Yeah, it ends up being a really busy week when we get all that stuff going on together. So we finished lambing. We put in rams for the next group. We did shearing, vaccinated, and hoof trimmed. So now it slows down, right?
1: No. <laughs> Plantings are on the corner.
0: Yeah, well, except for this random snowstorm that's happening. But yeah, so we'll have to start hauling some manure and some fun stuff like that. He feels really awkward, but I think he'll do great. So yeah, what were we up to this week, Ryan? We got a lot of sheep handling kind of stuff done, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we got, um, well, the end of last week, we got our next shearing group done uh, that are going to start lambing in May. So that was a Saturday affair.
0: I wanted to share with everyone today how we got started in sheep and kind of how we went from our first 25 years to where we are today so you're the one who had the crazy idea how many years ago to get Be some 15 sheep. 15 now yeah 15 years ago which seems really odd because i still feel like we're learning so much and like we're still novices in some ways uh, but yeah we've been dealing with sheep for 15 years
1: Fifteen years this June.
0: This June? That's time crazy. Time flies. So when you were, when when your grandparents were still on this farm, what would your grandpa say? We have an empty pen. You can put something in it, pretty much.
1: Something to that effect. I'm really not sure anymore. I know there was lots of extra hay in the barn at that time. and uh, And I guess I just decided to buy some sheep, and the rest is history, really.
0: Yeah, do you remember why sheep?
1: No, <laughs> I have no idea.
0: <laughs> so in the in the old barn that we have in the really old bank barn, there originally was three stories in it. So we have kind of like the there used to be sows in the bottom, pigs, farrowing pens. They used to milk cows in the barn at one point too. Yep. But when we took over, there was the sows, and we did some beef feeder cattle. And in the level above, it was empty. But your grandma used to have two floors of meat rabbits.
1: Yeah, she had about two or three, probably over 300 does or whatever they're called.
0: I have no idea. I'm not a rabbit expert.
1: Uh, neither am I. <laughs> she had over 300 females and yeah, sold uh, meat rabbits biweekly to a uh, place in Arthur. I know that part, but yeah, I vaguely remember them, but not not real well.
0: So that spot, that's where I remember the first sheep being when I was around at the beginning.
1: Yeah. And then I think a year later, we added 25 more. We did a little renovation. We added another 25 upstairs to that pen.
0: And that was, there was just, it was just a mixed group of crossbred ewes.
1: Yeah. Nothing special.
0: I just remember that we had a big Suffolk ram and a stockier Texel ram. And we always, the one year finally, when we kind of got into it a little more and had to make some changes, we knew which ram was working. Was it the white one or the black one? We had either all white lambs or all black lambs. So thankfully the one was working.
1: Yeah, I don't remember.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it was just a bunch of mixed use, And those were around... and then when did we get married 12 years ago 2008 we got married what month july (laughs) (laughs) the
1: 12th good for you come
0: on (laughs) see i'm usually the one who forgets birthdays and stuff like that so that's why he bugs me and we dealt with the pigs and the beef and we still when we had our chickens then too the layer breeder chickens so the eggs get picked up by a local hatchery and they get hatched um, And they create laying hens for the local market. So we had those. So we had kind of some of everything going on. And I know we were looking back in those. Or the kids like to bring out the old photo books. And some of these horrid chores that we had to do. Like everything was by hand. Sows were being watered by hand because no one had water bowls. It's a shit show. It was a shit show. All the feed was made in that old mix mill. Everything just took a lot of time. Everything was small squares. Everything was forked out by hand, so doing like we were married. I worked off farm. It was a lot of it was a lot of work.
1: Yeah, it was, like, yeah.
0: It was easy yeah. to see what needed to change to make it kind of worthwhile and sustainable for us to get going. And I remember the one weekend you said to me, "Honey, let's go see this guy Bill." <laughs> he's got, it he's got night. a, he's got a thousand use Like we should go tour this place. Like it'd be so cool. I and still
1: remember that night too.
0: <laughs> and I said, no, no, like I have better things to do. Like go take your dad or something. Yeah.
1: Why, the hell do, yeah, why do I want to go?
0: <laughs> why the heck do I want to go? So that was, that's kind of the joke, right? Like, yeah, ha ha, honey, we're going to have a thousand use one day. But yeah, that was kind and of we're that. we're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That was always the joke. So I think... Somewhere in that, those first few years of being married, one, I was working off-farm. There was a lot of work. We were trying to sort of improve the farm and make things work better cash flow-wise and kind of in all ways. And we decided um, to focus on sheep well you
1: asked me maybe you don't remember maybe i don't remember you're saying that the computer we were having our little in-depth discussion and you said what are we going to do what are we going to focus on
0: what's the said, big picture what's plan? what's the big
1: picture and i said <laughs> sheep and chickens not that we like the chickens but the chickens cash flow so well that they have yeah. to stay
0: we don't like the chickens but it's fairly i mean it's a lot of it's enough work it's annoying work sometimes but they're they're all right to deal with they're okay they're, and we they're not lots of, that bad at the end of the day we get lots of eggs yeah it's no yeah. i don't remember that i do but I, yeah we decided that the pig market was in a bit of a downturn again and that's in 2010 if those of you was that canada or ontario
1: oh, i don't remember
0: so they had a buyout program where you as a pork producer could Put in a bid and you would get paid x amount of dollars to get out of the pork industry so
1: you had to be clean or no pigs on your farm for three years that was the that's what you had to do
0: yeah and i think that was kind of from then on from having that discussion as to what we actually wanted to spend our time on and how we wanted to go the operation was focus on the sheep and i think from then everything was very much if we do it, it's for sheep. And if we do it for sheep, how can we make it work for our 50 ewes? How can we make it work for 200? And I think even some of the things we were doing, it was, can we make this work for, ha, 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 honey, <laughs> a thousand ewes, right? Yeah. It was always kind of like that in the back of our minds that we would Keep have growing. a lot of sheep. Yeah. So what would what we do? We renovated the old barn.
1: Yeah, so in 2010, we were successful. We got the buyout money from the pigs, and then uh, sledgehammers and chainsaws went to work in the old bank barn under in the downstairs. We completely gutted it. Um,
0: Skid steers, jackhammers. Yeah, the trucks, felt, chains,
1: the old wooden beams holding everything up. Those were bad shapes, so in came some I beams and steel posts and. Uh, yeah for two or two or three weeks in April it was
0: April seems to be our building month.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> we need to change that. It's no, nothing's
0: bad. happening this year. Nothing happened last year. We're good.
1: Yeah Try to keep it that way for another year or two. Yeah,
0: so after we got out of the pigs, we the so the bank barn that was completely gutted, we cleaned everything out of there. we buried water lines and made it very easy to feed and clean out for the sheep. And then we also, once all the the feeder pigs were gone, we renovated the the finishing pig barn, and that was that was fairly simple. I mean, it took a bit of time, but we slammed out the.
1: Yeah, we slammed out all the concrete penning. Um, we had a mobile wash crew come in to wash and disinfect the whole barn.
0: Best money ever spent. <laughs> yes,
1: and then, it's it
0: was one of those really old like. I would almost describe it as like a horror movie pig barn. Like it was dark, it was dirty. But once we got it washed out and cleaned and kind of back to the original, it's amazing and it worked so well. Yeah. Well, it's like
1: 40 years of cobwebs in a sense. It was 40 years of cobwebs. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was gross, really gross. So yeah, that was, yeah, 2010. And then we bought in we went out west we went shopping for some ewes we had really looked at sort of the breeds we wanted to focus on and we settled on purebred dorsets so that's how we got into the purebred dorset side of the business so we went out what west. why
1: did we do dorsets
0: dorsets um they're good moms
1: i think it was, and we select them for the out of breeding out, or of, out season of season breeding, breeding capabilities yep.
0: and that's been key ever since then it's that We've kind of settled on breeding sheep year-round and spreading out that workload, spreading out the income and all of that. Yeah, we went out west. We saw some great farms out west and ordered some purebred. We got some mature ewes and we got a bunch of ewe lambs lambs as well. And we picked up a number of. Three different groups in Ontario of Dorsets and sort of Dorset cross use, And most of those worked out really well. It was a really great foundation. Um, We did have a couple groups kick us in the butt.
1: Growing pains.
0: Growing pains. So kind of our number one lesson for producers getting in is...
1: Don't buy from multiple sources.
0: (laughs) Don't buy from multiple sources. Like if you can source from one... One operation or one one source, it's really great. But even if you can buy buy at least from the breeder, from the original farm, because we had bought some sheep from, um, I guess you would call call them a dealer. So they buy maybe from multiple sources or the sale barn. And that's how we discovered Medivisna. So you can buy in a lot of things, especially if you don't know where they're coming from and i mean at least if you're buying from the breeder or from the original farm you can at least get an idea of what kind of bugs they might be dealing with so you know what you've got going forward that brought us up to what 200 use.
1: Yep. Yeah. did we, we just slowly grow from there didn't grew we?
0: from there that's about when we had the first kid didn't we
1: oh yes no, no. The, jo- the joys of our world.
0: <laughs> the joys, the three absolute joys of our lives. No, they, they're they're okay. Today they were absolutely off the wall all day. Um, but yeah, so the two hundred, and we worked within that old bank barn and the pig barn, and kind of made everything work as efficiently as we could. We kept renovating the old bank barn. We made space upstairs. We did all the flooring, tore out, granaries, cleaned up. Everything's cleaned up now, right? So all those floors have made a lot of extra storage space. And
1: we've replaced all the floors so that we could drive a skid steer anywhere upstairs in the barn. We can stack big squares of straw or hay anywhere upstairs in the barn. There's no.
0: No more small squares.
1: Yeah. No more limitations anymore of, of where you can walk. Like before you could fall through the floor and end up downstairs just
0: yeah yeah. there was what 60 year old loose hay in the mow that was holding the floor together I'm itchy right now thinking about that
1: you you know like the other day (laughs) Cameron and I were counting all the big bales in the barn just doing inventory and and, uh, I was explaining to him how it used to be where the old granaries were that just made me shudder
0: Yeah, that's kind of, I kind of joke about it. Like we, I mean, as, as sheep producers, most of us start from scratch. Most of us don't have, um, an operational sheep farm that we take over. And I kind of joke that it's against our religion here to use forks, buckets and small squares. But that's where we started. We started feeding, you know, small squares of hay and buckets of grain. And it was a great place to start a great place to get that that knowledge, but um a piece of advice I guess for producers looking at expanding or growing forward or making things a little easier is try and work to try and work towards getting rid of those things that make make that extra work. Because if you dread going to uh you know dread going to the barn because you've got to slug around a bunch of small squares and clean out that pen with a fork and a wheelbarrow. You know, it, it doesn't make chores as much fun, and there's more enjoyable things that you can be doing, but we all got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. What else? Some kids.
1: Oh, we renovated the old pig barn, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. In 2012, we uh, stripped... That was the
0: outside part.
1: Yeah, we stripped out the outside part, we stripped off all the old tin, um, kind of took off all the plywood on the inside, and we put up put up turkey curtains, and kind of redid the barn that way that wasn't isn't exciting well it was exciting because we went from a no natural light barn to a natural light barn with yeah the, with the turkey curtains
0: yeah and those curtains worked really well any like that that pig finishing barn where we did the curtains that's where we were do our doing most of our lambing until we built the new barn and everything was always clean and dry out there we never had issues with pneumonia in the lambs or anything like that so air air has been a big one Mm -hmm. and yeah I guess all kinds of little improvements in that barn and paying attention to things like rations and feeding and a lot of that was you know making improvements in our crop rotation and planting management and fertilizer and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I guess what else do we want to tell people about that is quite the trip down memory lane.
1: That's been a big trip. That's I feel
0: really old now. (laughs) We
1: don't need to do a second podcast just to do the rest of the talk. You think so? No,
0: (laughs) no, (laughs) get it done now. Then I don't have to get you to talk on it again. Maybe
1: we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, eventually in there, when did you hurt your knee? You hurt your knee.
1: That was way back in high school, really. Well, yeah. I don't even remember what I did originally. That's no, it was, it
0: was when our middle one was a baby. So that was...
1: He was two months old.
0: Yeah, he just turned seven. So seven years ago, you hurt your leg. Yeah. And I had a newborn. I was on maternity leave, and I had been planning to go back to work kind of a day a week. So I was working in animal nutrition so i was doing some dairy and i had just been getting into doing some more sheep nutrition stuff and i really like that and doing farm calls um but yeah you hurt your acl and i ended up doing my acl you just you've effed it up completely and the meniscus and everything i just did a good number and i can't send you back for a refund so yeah i had a newborn a newborn and i was ended up doing all the chores for what Two three months, uh
1: yeah. From uh, yeah, <laughs> well, in June is when I did it, in, and it was October when I had my surgery yeah. finally. So
0: you hung out in the house with a two-year-old and a newborn on, and you pretty much cuddled the newborn on the couch.
1: I couldn't do anything.
0: No, you could kind of hobble around. Yeah, and I would get calls in the barn. I'd be doing chores. Get <laughs> your ass to, in here. <laughs> get your butt in here. <laughs> come feed the baby. Um. But yeah, I don't. It was it was a lot of work, but I don't have you know horrible memories about it, and I think that's kind of when it clued in that yes, I I should be home full time as well. And well, no, we had the the discussion. The goal was for both of us to be home full time because I I did enjoy that. It was a lot of juggling and
1: no, back back up. I was given the option.
0: Oh, I oh no, that is right. I did give you the option. I was given the option. It was I, I like I like doing chores. Why don't you take a turn going to work?
1: Or, I look after the kids in the farm, and not and we wouldn't have a babysitter per se.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of the toss up whether who would go to work, and who would look after the kids in the farm. <laughs> I took the
1: easy way <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> 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 no, it was good. It was a lot of juggling, but it was it was kind of a get the important chores done in the morning stage of our life and then because I had the kiddos at home, and eventually that ended up being the three kids, because I had the kids at home during the day then, um I was able to do sort of the flexible stuff during the day as long as sort of the important stuff was done in the morning and it was I think we kind of got used to it, but it ended up being weekends were always the big jobs with the two people jobs and stuff like that. But um, I think maybe we forget how crazy it was sometimes.
1: I think so. Yeah. But it was a good crazy.
0: It's a good crazy. I and think... now they're supposed to be at school, but they're not.
1: Yeah. that's a, We had what? That's another podcast. Six,
0: six months of freedom and then COVID hit. So now they're home. So it's a whole new juggling but they like being home they're they're farm they're kids so that's now. really nice yeah. yeah so that brings us to what the big expansion the big yeah. the big kaboom so after you were working out for a few years you were doing what
1: well i first started working out a big cash crop operation 45 minutes away
0: the kids love that
1: they did they came and uh um i guess my big job in the spring and and in the fall was running the big air cedar, so I did a lot of the wheat and soybean planting. And and yeah, they got to come riding the big woe daddy.
0: Yeah, they called it the woe daddy. The woe
1: daddy, just an articulate tractor. But I think it's because I was driving it. Was so it gigantic. It like, whoa. We have tiny tractors
0: compared to that.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, you did that for a few, I did a few for years. did that for a couple of
1: years, yeah, two and a half years. And then, uh, and then. I guess with the three and still the expanding numbers at home, life is still getting a little bit crazy. So I opted for a job closer to home and yeah. then we did, and then I worked at um, a custom spraying company just eight minutes away.
0: CSF, Clean Field Services. Yeah. Give them a shout out. They're awesome. <laughs>
1: they are. No, they really yeah. are great.
0: So I think that was awesome. that they, they were fairly flexible in giving you, you know, if you had to be home for something, you were able to do that. And I think it ended up, we are paying a lot more attention to what's going on in the field with the crops and with anything that goes into the crop inputs. So I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, no,
1: too. Uh, actually, I don't, I think if, uh, if we were to reverse what happened years ago and uh, I stayed home and you stayed working off, I don't think our um, field crop production would be near the same as what it is today yeah you got you had getting out there and uh having my eyes opened up to literally a whole new world of different way of doing things was was a key driver success to our
0: for the crop side for our crop side that's probably a bit of the same with me working off the farm and doing nutrition first with the dairy side i mean sheep are are a little bit like cows and that they're ruminants and some of that stuff's the same but even when i was doing some of the the sheep farm calls and stuff like that. It it gives you a whole new understanding of what's going on in the industry, what other people are doing. It gives you ideas for what you can do on your farm, what you don't want to do, what you shouldn't do. Um, but yeah, just getting out there and seeing what's going on, you can bring a lot back to to your own farm. Um, but yeah, we decided then what two, three, four years four years ago. That initial planning, we decided now was the time. Yeah. We ordered sheep. We booked a contractor.
1: Talk to know. the bank. Talk
0: to the bank. Yeah. The kids asked the banker very nicely if we could have money for the barn.
1: As soon as the, as soon as he walked in the door, uh, yeah. actually our oldest said we'd like to build a barn.
0: Give us money. Give us money. Yeah. So I think that was the trick. Yeah. If you want money to build a sheep barn, just get a cute little kid to ask your banker really politely.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Throw out the business plan, just get a kid.
0: Yeah. So it was, it was probably two years of planning. We put together a business plan. Oh gosh. You did all kinds of numbers for that. You're the number guy. Yep.
1: Put together some financials, um, kind of took the financials that we had and extrapolated towards the numbers and of course when you get bigger you should see um, cost savings with um um, what's it called economies of scale economies
0: of scale yep
1: so did that and then we um kind of ran different scenarios with different layering percentages of how stuff would work out yeah so tip for
0: if you're doing if you're doing a business plan for for whatever you always want to have a very cautious outlook a very realistic outlook and
1: an optimistic outlook.
0: a very optimistic outlook and that kind of gives you three scenarios for how to plan for whatever business you might be wanting to expand or change
1: and what we learned is we kind of did the work for for him
0: Yeah, we did a lot of work for him. He was very impressed.
1: He thought, yeah, like, I guess I did the stuff that he was going to do, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Bonus points. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. And in the sheep industry, it can be really tricky because he came back at one point and said to us um, that he uses our farm as the benchmark for any other sheep customer, which is kind of a... Scary. It's very scary because there should be more than one farm that they're using a benchmark for and a, a nice little little pat on the back as well. But yeah, having some kind of a benchmark and knowing what's going on in your farm, because some of those numbers like the, was it lambing percent and mortality and some of those things, if you look at, we're on Ontario here, but if you look at the Ontario benchmarks that are out there, some of those numbers are not very conducive to running a successful operation and we didn't use those numbers because we had our own benchmarks and he came back and, and questioned us on those because they would have used different different numbers for figuring out our what our potential production could be. So it was really good that we did have our own numbers that we could work with on that um, Honestly, I don't know if if we would have gotten the money for the expansion otherwise.
1: It would have been pretty tough going, I would think, if uh, if we didn't have our own production numbers.
0: Yeah, so having the proof of what we were doing was really good. So yeah, and we broke ground on that barn and all that planning the spring of 2018.
1: March 2018,
0: Yep. Yeah, so it's been two years now. We've been in the barn since... October. Thanksgiving
1: of of 18.
0: Yeah so about a year and a half in the new barn and it's been going awesome so we kind of kept going with our Dorset and our Dorset Rideau crosses in that and we purchased in a large group of I call them maternal crosses it's about a six-way cross that was from Shepherd's Choice. Um, John and Edie Steele, they're great shepherds. They have now transitioned over to um, another family running that farm, but they did lots of great work in the the Ontario sheep industry. And that, uh, I think is a six or seven way cross. They've worked pretty good for us um, to help with that expansion. So yeah, with that expansion and keeping back yet another large group of our own replacements that kind of put us at what were we at 700 yes 750 expanding is always kind of a two steps forward one step back it's been good for the most part we've had our challenges not so much with the expansion and the new barn more so with health challenges those new sheep that we brought in um we ended up with some Q fever Q fever issues they got Q fever probably from our sheep even though we've never had an issue with it they've it must be just kind of that even if you mix clean clean group sheep a and clean group sheep b together that there's going to be something in there that one group gets um, or
1: layman's terms you send kids to school in kindergarten and guess what happens
0: you bring something home
1: exactly
0: pretty awesome good yeah
1: we actually enjoy going to that barn, that barn. Yeah. No. I like the checks. other barn too, but. Yeah, but night checks at lamb is just so much better in the new barn. It's well lit.
0: Yeah, I remember that one of those first lambing groups we had, I think you were on duty for night check. And you call me and say, honey, are you in bed yet? And I said, yes. <laughs> and, it's, and you know, it was kind of, oh, I need you. I need small hands or whatever it was. And
1: it's happened since too.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where you always hate going to the barn in the middle of the night. But uh, yeah, no, I get out there. It's brightly lit. I can see everything. I'm not hiding in some dark corner Mm -hmm. in the old barn trying to deal with the ewe lambing. Um, But yeah, that was kind of that little moment where I was like, no, this is good. I don't mind coming out to the barn to deal with this. So yeah, it was very frustrating dealing with some of that. But for the most part, the barn itself how we planned it out. Everything has been awesome
1: for the most part.
0: Yeah. Tip one or my number one is always order lots of gates. We ordered so many gates and we've ended up usually we use all of them if we have lots slamming out in that new barn. But Mm -hmm. why don't we just chat a little bit about our production system and how we do things. I know in a couple, I did the, nutrition podcast with Courtney and I talked a little bit about how we do Feeding but do you want to talk a little bit about Crop rotation and how we do that side of things.
1: Yeah The crop rotation changes almost on a weekly basis. Well, well, I
0: know you come in from the barn from cleaning eggs And you say I've been thinking I
1: know the the egg room is a bad spot really for ideas
0: (laughs) Um, ideas. So well, we've got a hundred acres here on the home farm. Yep and we rent 50 from your dad, mm-hmm. and we've basically figured our production system or our business plan is if we have to, if shit shit up creek, if we end up with just having, being able to manage our 100 acres here, is that we can feed our eight to 900 use from our land here and then just have to purchase in bedding um
1: Better than other stuff we, we'd be able to grow the forages off the 100 acres yeah we would have to normal year.
0: buy in any extra energy yeah. or protein things yeah. like that um but yeah haylage corn silage
1: yeah so yeah the 150 acres uh currently we run 75 acres of haylage um about 25 acres of corn silage um 25 acres of um corn for cob mule or a little bit of extra silage and then we have also have a wheat field Um, after wheat comes off we summer seed the alfalfa into that field so um, really spring planting is only 50 acres of corn and and uh, that's custom done so my spring's usually pretty relaxed really Romy's garden takes more work (laughs) than my field work
0: If i make you help true that's our trip down memory lane eh Mm
1: mm-hmm um so yeah everything is stored uh in the upright silos um still don't have enough storage we'll have to build another silo someday probably but uh
0: yeah and the area that we're in where we're really lucky in that we don't need to own a lot of the machinery that we do this work with we get our friend David. he can plant the corn.
1: He plants the wheat.
0: Any of the no-till, that kind of stuff. We use some the of tillages. his the tillage yeah. equipment. Yeah. Any of the harvesting, there's a number of crews around here. This is a sort of a, I guess you call it a Mennonite area. There's a lot of crews that can come in and do uh, the haylage. They do the baling, all kinds of stuff. So we're really lucky that... We can get a lot of that done. I know some people in some other areas, you know, if you, if you can't do it yourself, it's not getting done. So that's yeah. another thing for the business plan is yeah. you got to recognize and utilize the, the things that you can make work in your area.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Every year when we pay that custom harvesting bill, I always wonder why we don't. Geez, we could save some money having our own equipment but then i look at
0: they look at the price of the the price of stuff and
1: the maintenance and the repairs and and the labor that we don't have to do it efficiently it's like yeah it's it's, yeah it's a no-brainer for us right now to have it all custom done
0: yeah maybe in the future or if if maybe we can take over one of your dad's farms or get you know, or maybe get more sheep. It might or make the more sense. Boys, but...
1: or one of the boys want to stay home and or the girl or the girl. Yes, that, <laughs> that's true. No, I... no.
0: She says she. I think she's still set. Um, her her dream job is being a vet in a pink rainbow jeep.
1: Yeah, but I think one of the boys. Well, yeah, everything can change so fast. But
0: that's crop side. So we made lots of feed. Um Sheep side. Yeah, we're pretty much. A full-time accelerated operation. We're doing a lambing group every other month. And we were just at the beginning we talked about how we were doing cheering, we were doing breeding groups, and we do ultrasound next week. So everything, those big management things all happen within about a week or two. And when we ultrasound any opens get a second turn. If it's a mature ewe, they get a second turn. You lambs, we may or may not do a third try. Um, they kind of flow into the next group. There's a lambing group every eight weeks. Everything just kind of keeps flowing and that's worked pretty Very awesome well for us, it. yeah. And we're doing all natural breeding.
1: Natural breeding, what do you mean?
0: Well, Ryan, we put the rams in. <laughs> um, no, it's something we actually, I get asked, all the time is how on earth do we breed quote unquote out of season so sheep right are generally seasonal breeders they're more likely to breed in the fall when there's shortening day length Um, but again we focused on dorset and out of season breeders and over how many years we've been doing it now i think that's really helped us in we keep selecting those sheep that are more likely to do that for us and I think having a consistent feed year round, so versus say a producer that is pasture lambing, there's ups and downs in the types and the qualities of feed that we're feed, they're feeding. But I think having a consistent feed out of our silos year round has made a difference too. We have-
1: And the different rations to go with them too.
0: Yeah, there's this five or six different rations. We're always making sure that at each stage of production they're getting what they're supposed to, and that consistency, I think, over I think we've really noticed over the last couple of years, has made a huge difference. So, generally, we're seeing sort of 85 to 95 conception in that traditional in season breeding, and then during the summer, the last couple of years have been pretty awesome probably 70 to 75 percent in sort of the spring summer i know oh gosh two years ago or three years ago there was a super hot spring and a really hot august and it's it's things like that heat stress or a big change in weather i think has more to do with failure of the sheep breeding than anything else but yeah that's worked really well for us and then oh gosh yeah they lamb rams are in for 25 days so we've kind of worked on shortening up that lambing window a little bit that's worked really nice for us we're home anyways dealing with the kids or the chickens so it's okay if the lambing window is three or four weeks versus i know some people doing hormones and cedars and that kind of thing they're sort of aiming you know they want lambing to be done in a week because there's an off-farm job or there's field work or other things going on But we're here anyways so that sort of 25 day breeding window has worked well. What else? What happens next? Lambs. Lambs. Lambs are with the ewes. We average about 50 to 60 days by the time we wean. We wean, Um, yeah most lambs are off to market before the next group is weaned so by that four or five months old. Generally speaking, we're able to clean out the market lamb pen and have it cleaned out and ready for the next group the again. Next batch, yeah. yeah, so that's worked well. Where do our lambs go, Ryan?
1: Yeah, we uh, sell most of our uh, Well, there's two main avenues for our lambs. Um, we sell a lot of the ewe lambs that we don't need for our own. Um, we don't need it as replacements. We can usually sell you lambs to, um, other producers that are starting out or growing their flock. Um, so that has been,
0: uh, are you about done? I think you're, you're done up. talking. Yeah. Mr. Non-talker. I'm an
1: introvert. Leave me alone.
0: Yeah, that's okay. It's it been is. good for COVID, right?
1: That's right. <laughs> the introvert will win. <laughs> been doing quite well for us, um, uh, for the last mm-hmm. number of years. And then, um, and then market lambs uh go to a local abattoir just five minutes away um that's uh, been awesome yeah no it's been um been really great so um so on the whole it's um probably less than except for call use all of our call use go through the stockyards but uh, on the lamb side um less than 10 percent of our lambs go through the public auction um
0: most. it's probably less than that right we never probably. have runs no no
1: no, never. no. there's never. never runs never no no no, <laughs> <laughs> no but the 10 percent that go through the public auction uh, we send probably about 10 percent through the auction and yeah uh, but the rest is all privately marketed you could say
0: yeah yeah and, and i we
1: think do... that's um i think yeah like we're not we don't hit we don't hit the top of the markets per se with the, oh, Don't
0: tell the people that.
1: Oops, my bad, but...
0: We always hit the top, don't we? Sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, we're was going with... We, we know our price when they leave our farm. Um, it's not a gamble of what the auction is doing that day. And so. I think,
0: and looking back, when we were doing the business planning for the barn and everything like that, I think for the last number of years, the average that we use for what a market lamb is worth, what a breeding lamb is worth, and that kind of thing, it's been fairly consistent. And sometimes we're getting, you know, prices are a little bit higher at the processor, and sometimes they're a little bit lower. But on average, we've kind of been really good at figuring that out. So hopefully it stays that way going forward.
1: Yeah. No, it's a really good relationship we have with the processor. Mm-hmm. I think it, I'd really hate to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pastor, rector, yeah. And I and
0: you know the industry in general. I think we'll have to wait and see what happens with COVID and how food and demand and customer needs changes. But um, you know up until now. There's been a huge demand for lamb in Canada, and I think a lot of potential for sheep and lamb production in the country. Hopefully that keeps going forward. Lots of options, and I mean we've done pretty much everything here from the small square bales and buckets of grain all the way on up to now we're doing full-on fancy schmancy TMR and all that fun stuff. But you can do... Any which way, we know people that, um, all these people are on my list for the podcast, by the way. Um, but we know a producer whose sheep are outside year-round and never see a barn except for shearing. There's, you know, producers um, up towards Quebec that do really fancy lighting programs in their barns. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. Pasture,
1: lambing, like
0: people grazing trees and apple orchards and all kinds of awesome stuff. So sheep are really cool that way is there's so much demand for our product and the animals themselves are so flexible that I think there's huge, huge potential. I hope that gives everyone a good insight as to what we're doing at Circle R here. Uh, Make sure you hit us up with any questions or suggestions for future podcasts or topics
1: give us a follow on twitter or instagram
0: yeah give us a follow on social make sure you what is it make sure you like and subscribe <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's been fun so far doing this podcast and nice to kind of document the conversation and the stories of sheep producers thanks for joining me this evening ryan
1: can i give a quick shout out sure hi kim
0: burn <laughs> 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 thanks for tuning in and make sure you head on over to instagram to follow us at circle Our lamb where i'll be posting links to the episodes as well as the show notes and any related tip sheets and materials feel free to ask any questions or give us suggestions for future episodes thanks and happy farming